0: Well, a very big hello everyone, Duncan Dornoff joining you for this week's episode of the Tasmanian Harness Highlights Podcast. Of course, we'll review last weekend's meetings in Hobart and Launceston and look ahead to the big card in Hobart on Sunday night, the sole meeting in Tasmania on September 25. Let's have a look back at last week's meetings because, as always, there's plenty to get through. Hobart was the venue for the Tier 2 meeting of the week on Friday. Ben Yole had a night out with six winners. Two of those driven by Corey Bell in Jawbreaker and C. Hawk. Another two were driven by Mitch Ford with our Barloo and Where You Been. Tim Yole ended a runabouts so with the winner of Remember Me Now. And South Shore, driven by Mark Yole, was also successful. Mark ended up with a driving double on that program. He scored on the Christian Solder, prepared if, buts and maybes later in the night. Miss and Rock won the other race for Eric Jacobson and Paul Hill, ending a runabouts uh, for Eric Jacobson. Of course, uh, he prepared a big stable back in the, the late 90s, early 2000s, and uh, he just trains a small team now. And it was great to see him back in the winners' list with Miss and Rock. From a sectional perspective, and if you don't know how to, just go to TazRacing.com.au and uh, click on the results, and you can get all of these sectionals and last quarters for every horse. ...in every race on Tasmanian Harness Racetracks. Al Barloo, 57.47, the quickest last half of the meeting. Slingshot, 57.89. Tarleton Riley, 58.2. Pantano Stride, 58.26. And South Shore, 58.4 for his last half mile. Launceston was the venue for Harness Racing on Sunday night... ...where we had a competitive 9 event, Tier 1 program... Looking back at the winners from the Launceston meeting, Gypsy Amore took out the first event on the program. She's a two-year-old filly by Vincent. From Shermon Moore. of course, Shermon Moore won, and Vickers is a two-year-old filly, and Gypsy Amore on a similar path. A tough win racing outside the leader and was too good for Gigi. I got this by just over two metres. Art Huntsman, who was very well-backed in betting, Finishing in fourth spot, but that was win one for Gypsy Amore, as I touched on. So, owners and breeders, Paul Colson and Wayne Deering, getting their Tazbred bonus. And Gypsy Amore, recording the quickest last half in that race of 59.09. Promise Stride, who finished in third spot, recorded the quickest last 800 metres in 28.51. Race two on the card was a discretionary over 2,200 metres. B Major Threat produced his good standing start manners to lob on top and over the 2,200-metre journey, that's certainly what you need, good standing start manners. And Dylan Ford was able to get a, a soft run, 47-4 lead time in a 32-3 first quarter. 31-8 for that second, stands at home in 28-9, 27-5. So B Major Threat was always going to be hard to run down after that and was too good for Colby Sands by 4 meters. Young Rooster, who finished fifth, recorded 56.15 for his last half mile. It was also the quickest last quarter of the race in 27.28. May's Place was back in the winner's list in race three. It was a three-year-old event for horses rated between 40 and 55, and the three-year-old and older horses with no more than two lifetime wins. Uh, May's Place had been winless in six starts this season, but was able to record a fifth career win. And take our state money earnings uh, up over the $50,000 mark uh, with the victory on uh, Sunday night. Uh, Charlie Castles took the drive, settled back in the field and came with a well-timed run to score. She's by Shuby's Place, who's uh, doing a good job across Australia. Always see his name in the winner's list uh, in the results. And of course, out of that smart Mayor Corotta Crown. And uh, no doubt on track for the band Blocks, which isn't that far away. The heat's uh, in a couple of weeks in the back half of October. So looking forward to May's place going around there. She was uh, the fastest last half of that race in 56.92, her last quarter, getting over the top of all for Dave and the stablemate Rock and Roll Wizard. Race four on the card, Leonard Skinner, that was the victor here. First up for the Steve Lukacs stable. I touched on last week's podcast when I threw him out as one of the best. All all we needed was for him to get a run. He got the run. He showed his good gate speed that I saw in a few of his replays that I watched in New Zealand. And uh, he was too good by four and a half metres and uh, some pretty solid sections there. 30.4, 30.1, 28.8 and 29.8. For the last mile, mile rating of 158.7. Steve Lukacs had a good run with these Kiwi paces in recent years. And it looks like he's got a nice uh, one here going forward, Leonard Skinner, And uh, as far as the sectionals go, Bridwood Bella caught the eye again, finishing the race off strongly. She got home in 58.27 and 28.7 was her last 400 metres, the quickest of the race. Cordy got underway with race five, and it was equity stride at the $10 quote. So, saluting here, Mitch Ford in the sulky on the Espeñol, prepared uh, gilded son of Art Major. He was able to work for it early, find the lead, and relaxed in front. Of course, he really over-raced uh, last time out, and uh, may have choked down, but he was able to relax a lot more in the lead, albeit they did the along in front, but... Uh, He proved too good to record his second win of the season. Ninth win overall, so Equity Stride. Uh, With the three-point claim for Mitch Ford proving too strong for his rivals, Endeavour Stride, the stablemate, second, recording the quickest last half of the race in 57.48. Equity Stride's last quarter of 28.28 was the fastest of the race. Nero Stride. For Mitch Ford, took out race six. Of course, uh, a gilder son of better's delight, who we've touched on a lot in the podcast because he's done a good job this season. That was his fourth win at start 25. And uh, another well-judged drive by Mitch Ford, Queen of Dance, right on the line. It took the judge a little while to give a decision on this race. But Nero Stride, he'd been racing well in his own age group. He then went back into the uh taking on the older horses, but... With this new three-year-old concession that was put onto the race programs across Australia, I suppose it would have been back uh, early January, maybe just a fraction earlier than that, but uh, certainly we've seen in the back half of the season a lot of horses use that three-year-old claim and uh, it's certainly proving a winning formula, something to to keep an eye on for punters going forward, that three-year-old claim, because it is a nice dropping class for many horses Nero Stride was the quickest last half of the race in fifty-seven point four and twenty-nine point zero eight for his last quarter. Race seven on the card was a rating seventy to seventy-nine event, and this was taken out by Hickstead. He was first up since being claimed in June. He just had a nice trial at Carrick in the lead up to his first up effort, and he proved a, a narrow winner over Aha Reaction. Uh, A very tight finish. But, of course, on the TAS Racing website and harness.org, we can go back and look at all these photo finishes and you can see the slightest of margins uh, for Hickstead, uh, who was getting the job done at $5.50 on uh, the official price. That's his second win of the season at start 21. But as I touched on, first up for Troy Hillier. It'll be interesting to see where Troy goes with him now. Could well be a nice source for a race like uh, the the Golden Apple in time. So uh, we'll uh, look forward to watching his progress with interest. Aha, reaction. He finished in second spot, uh, 58.37, his last half mile, 27.96 for his last 400 metres. Now, there was someone on track that did ask the question, and I've got the answer, because uh, if you click on the photo finishes of races 6 and 7, There looks to be a a bigger margin between the two. And someone asked why a nose is not given in harness racing and it's a short half head. The simple answer for that is under the uh, rules for the judges to work under for Australian harness racing, a nose is not an official result. The shortest they can give is a short half head. So uh, no noses in harness racing. I know some states do give it, but it is against the HRA rules uh, from what I've been informed of. Race 8 was a rating 45 to 49. True stepper for Rowan Hillier. And uh, again, another winner for trainer Benyol saluting here. Settled one out and three back and was too good for the race favourite. Slingshot by eight metres. True stepper was dominant late, wasn't he? Well, she, I should say. She's the daughter of Mr. Feelgood. And uh, she's now won uh, two out of her last four starts. And that uh, was the quickest last half in 57.54. 29.08 for her last quarter. And rounded out the night have Don Heston getting the job done over Long and Winding Road. Uh, Don Heston did lead in that event. Uh, did shift up the track noticeably over the concluding stages, but appeared to always be holding long and winding road as a half-head between them at the business end of the race in a sedate 2-3.5. Uh, that was the third win of the season for Don Heston. He's eighth overall. He's a gilded son of Heston Blue Chip. From the sectionals, a few that finished down the track uh, where the eye catchers uh, in the sectionals. Mac Angelo finished fifth, 58.02. And Major Davin who finished fourth at the first race drive for Brody Davis, 28.86 uh, for his last quarter. So that's a look back at Launceston last weekend. A few other little notes. Of course, we had the Australian Drivers' Championship last weekend at Globe Derby. Unfortunately, some flight issues saw Rowan Hillier unable to compete. Uh, Rowan elected to to fly out on Saturday, and then there were some issues around the nation with flights, so he was unable to make it. Connor Crook, of course, based in Victoria, uh, was able to still represent the state. He did have success winning a heat, but he ended up finishing 10th in the series, which was won by James Herbertson of Victoria. Interstate this weekend. There's no Melton on Saturday night. Instead, we've got the Group 2 Kilmore Cup on Friday night. Plenty of Tasmanians across this program, which is a uh, metropolitan fixture. Coff Hustler Race 1, prepared by Ben Young. Arden Roanoke, prepared by Ben in Race 2. The Group 2, $80,000 Kilmore Cup over the 2690 metre Mobile start trip is Race 7. Max Delight, of course, he was good last time out in a $100,000 race at Melton. He is owned by Mick Maxfield. Willie Go West, of course, the Hobart Cup winner from earlier this season. Todd Struthers is uh, amongst the ownership group there. And uh, just another horse of Tasmanian interest like a wildfire who was runner-up in the Easter Cup. Uh, earlier this year, also lines up in that event. So looking forward to that. The winner is secured a spot within the top 30 of the in- upcoming Inter-Dominion series in Victoria. So looking forward to seeing for that. It'll be interesting to see if a few Tasmanians take the option up to to head across Spash Strait for the Inter-Dominion this year, given it's only a boat trip away. Of course, for the past few years, it's uh, been spread out across Australia, and it's a, it's a boat trip and then a big car trip afterwards. So... I'd like to see some Tasmanians. I think we saw in the Easter Cup and the Tassie Cup that our, our local horses are up to that class. And, of course, there's a, a nice prize money consolation for those that don't make the grand final. So I'd certainly like to see some Tassies uh, have a throw up the stumps in that. So we'll keep an eye out for the nominations there. Uh, back to Kilmore. Hayden Bromack lines up race 8, Cosimo in race 9. And across the ball at Gloucester Park. I see Coolwater Paddy is set to resume in the opening race. Of course, we all know the efforts of Coolwater Paddy here in Tasmania and Connections did send him across west. So now he's had that freshen up, it'll be interesting to see how he comes back in the opening race there on Friday night. So looking forward to what's happening across Bass Strait this weekend, but I'm also interested to see what's happening in Hobart on Sunday night and we'll have a discussion about that on the other side of this break. Tazracing.com.au's new Form Plus Pro gives you even more data on all Tasmanian harness racing. Subscribe to the ultimate Tasmanian form source today. Form Plus Pro by Tazracing.com.au. Harness racing heads to Hobart as we mentioned earlier on. On Sunday night, nine races on the program getting underway at 20 minutes past five. And joining us to have a look at their two drives on the program is Caleb Williams. Caleb, welcome to the podcast. G'day, Duncan, how are you? Yeah, good. Thank you. You've had a, a change of stable, as we've touched on uh, on the live stream in Hobart recently. You've uh, recently changed stables and took up some employment with the Christy Butler camp. Yeah, that's
1: right. Oh, was about about a month ago. I got the opportunity to work there, and um, it's been a blast so far. The Lovely bunch of people to work for, and yeah, it's a beautiful environment, and I'm, I'm glad to be there.
0: You've worked for a couple of different trainers in Tasmania, no doubt you'd be picking up a, a lot of different uh, things and training methods from the variety of trainers. Yeah,
1: that's right. It's good to good to get around and have a look at different setups and how people
0: do different tricks and all that, and yeah, it's good to good to learn all the tricks and traits of the of the industry. Right, let's have a look at your two drives in Hobart on Sunday. The first one's just Tiger who lines up in race number 3. He's had the two starts and uh, there's a lot to like about his last start effort when he just finished.
1: Yeah, that's right. He was really good last start and as you said he's only had the two so he's, he's still green and learning learning the ropes of racing, but this race is they're always pretty even these these classes but um yeah, if if he, he's been working good, so if he brings his A game on Sunday, I'm sure he'll be hitting the line really good.
0: Yeah, The draw doesn't look ideal on paper, but I suppose only a field of eight that probably doesn't make Barrier 7 as bad as it probably could could have been. Yeah, that's right.
1: It's a bit of a sticky gate, but we're hoping there's a little bit of speed in the race, and, and if there is, then
0: he'll, he'll be hitting the line really well. Right, let's head over to race six on the card. The Brooklyn Brawler, also prepared by uh, Christy Butler. First up off a long break. Uh, his last start uh, was at uh, Shepparton back in 2020. Do you know where he's been? Uh, yeah, he's, he was coming here a while ago, but he got really crook and needed a long break
1: um, And because he's a real big, jointy horse. The owners have just taken their time to get him back to the races, and he's made his way down after getting over that and, he makes his return this week, and the stable's excited to have him. That's for sure.
0: Uh, as we touched on, his first up for two years. Yeah, uh, he finished shaking in a Launceston trial on Sunday night. You uh, was in the sulky for that trial. What did you make of that? Yeah,
1: it was it was good. He needed to do what he, he did. What he had to do, and he just needed to qualify, and it probably helped him a little bit. Um, he just needed to run under his belt, and yeah, he'll go into this race um, off that. Will be a little bit better, but. He'll probably still need a run under his belt to get him, get him race fit. But yeah, he's trialed. He did everything right, and yeah, hopefully we he'll be, be right in this one too.
0: I know that she didn't pull the earplugs in that trial. Was there a little bit in reserve late? Ah, uh, yeah,
1: I think so. Um, it's a little bit hard to tell, but he will still it through the line. He's not real quick. He's, he's probably more tough than than speed. so. yeah, I think he can sustain that that speed for a bit longer.
0: Do you know much about his gate speed? I did note his last win at Bendigo uh, back in May of 2020. He was able to lead and he went 153 on that occasion.
1: Yeah, you can, you can really fly the yeah. arm. Um, I haven't really spoke to, to Christy about whether we're going to elect with that this week or not. But, yeah, you can really run the arm if, if we choose to use
0: it. Who's the best winning chance out of your two drives for the Christie Butler stable on Sunday?
1: Uh, I'd say just Tiger.
0: Just Tiger, he lines up in race three. Of course, a former King Islander yourself, Caleb. There uh, was a bit of concern over the uh, the participation numbers on the island for this season. It's been given the go-ahead, and uh, I'm sure you'd like to be a part of that again.
1: Yeah, definitely. It was, wasn't looking too good there earlier on in the year, but they've had a heap of support, and it looks to be a, shaping up to be a really nice season. So it would be good to go back home and, yeah participate in
0: that again. Yeah, unfortunately it is an ageing population, King Island, but they certainly love their racing, don't they?
1: Yeah, they do, and there's, there's not many sports over there, so it's good to keep keep what you can going, I suppose.
0: Right, well, I look forward to jumping on the fl- the uh, plane with you and flying through those meetings over the summer months, and all the best on Sunday night in Hobart. Thanks, Dan. So a big thanks to Caleb Williams for joining us on the podcast as we have a look at the quaddy legs now for Hobart. Of course, the night event program gets underway at 20 minutes past five. The first leg of the quad is set down for 7.34 as race five, rating 54 to 57. I event mean, over the mile trip. I'm going to put one on top here at the value in number four, depth till with part. This place I finished 15, Launceston last time out. I didn't mind the run. I said it a long way back it was three wide from the 1,100 metre point out five and six wide around the home bend and, I don't think was disgraced late when finishing seven metres behind the winner. Now, a few runs prior have been a little bit below par. Uh, A seventh place in two starts back, a handy enough effort going back three starts ago. And then uh, has had a lot of excuses prior to that. Finished last of 10 back on August 5 when uh, this horse galloped out in a standing start race. The start prior to that sustained a flat tyre. So with a bit of bad luck out of the equation... I think uh, Depp Tui Park can bounce back here, and he's got a handy record at the mile as well. He's won four and placed in nine starts. So at the valley, four on top. Danger, five. Iden Boutique's been racing well. Seven, Kenya. Just got a bit of an awkward draw to overcome. Gets into this race with the concession claim of Bronte Miller. And some Dan off the inside. Now, just raced too much in front last time. out. If he's able to relax... Uh, over the uh, sprint trip, you can certainly figure here. So at the value four, over five, seven, and one in race five. Race six on the program, a rating 65 to 79 event. Uh, eight, Taruna Bromac goes on top. Equity stride should be on speed rock and overtime likely to go forward. So worst case scenario, I think Taruna Bromac will be no worse than three back the pegs. He stared up into the preparation here. Uh, I like the way he ran along the inside when getting clear room in the race run by Hickstead in Launceston last week. And with that sprint lane, there could be a few gaps opening late. So I'm going to put eight on top over one equity stride uh, who was too good for his rivals when leading in Launceston last start. Ten young roosters uh, gets into this race with the concession claim of Jacob Duggan and is always thereabouts. Uh, you should find this a... a Big drop back in class, of course. He finished fourth in the Metropolitan Cup, three runs back. And at number three, the Brooklyn Brawler we've had from Kayla, brands out my top four, so eight, one, ten, and three. League three of the quaddie is race seven, running 45 to 49 event. Quaddie leagues don't get much easier. Uh, eight, Brian who on top for me. Dylan Ford booked for the drive aboard this seven-year-old gilded son of courage under fire. Who was placed in Hobart? He was launched from the barrier seven on that occasion to find the lead at the 1400 metres and just peaked on the run late. Of course, uh, that was on a rain affected track. He did get a soft run in front, but uh, they just, yeah, just a little bit hesitant of, of the form out of that meeting. Uh, a few handy runs prior to that, and I just think with a, a nice pegs run, his could well be the way to go. Turbo Lookout finished third last time out of Launceston when they're going back four runs ago. Six Mile miles first up for the new stable. Uh, second in a trial here on Monday night, defeated three and a half metres. That was a standing start trial where he led. A Carrick trial winner prior to that. And IC Double was an improved effort last start. Runs out my top four, eight, one, six and two. And around at the quaddy with Ray Sater rating 50 to 53 event over 2,090 metres, 12, 1, 4, and 13, my numbers. Uh, 12 on top for me in the way of True Stepper, who's won two of her past four. Dominant winning in Launceston last week, and there was a lot to like about the way she left her rivals over the final 100 metres to score by, uh, 8.1 of a metre. Uh, yet to win in Hobart for mate tries, but uh, on the strength of that last start win, uh, I'm going to put hair on top. One Seahawk, also a last start winner. I was uh, able to get a nice trail, one out and one back, and was too good uh, for his rivals on that occasion. Four South Shore, I put in for third and number 13, Tarleton Riley. We did touch on his sectional in Hobart last uh, Friday week. Uh, if it's a bit of speed on, expect him to be running on late. So 12-1-4-13, my number's in the last leg of a Quaddy. For those that did get my selections off the Taz Racing website, I did make an error in that race. So 12, 1, 4, 13, the correct numbers. Specials for Hobart. Race 3, number 7, Just Tiger can break his maiden status. Uh, I believe he's got that wide draw to contend with, but the small field plays back into his favour. And I'm going to put him on top there. Race 4, number 8, Max Moretta. A good win two starts back. Gordoveski Lee's uh, Rock and Roll Nitro both should be up on speed. So with the right run, expect uh, this pace not to be too far away. And my last special of the Knights of Horse I've been following for a couple of runs now, and he gets into a very easy race, Sean to the max, race nine, number three. So the specials for Hobart, race three, number seven, race four, number eight, race nine, number three. But some very, very even racing uh, in Hobart on Sunday, night. I think this is the the positive of the national rating system. Of course, we used to always have dollar four, dollar ten, dollar fifty even favourites in a, a number of races, but uh, but they seem to be a thing of the past. And there's plenty of belly there for the punters now if they can find it uh, on uh, not only Tasmanian harness racing but nationally as well. So uh, that was one of uh, many reasons the uh, national ratings was bought in from information I've uh, read online and. I think it's certainly uh, eliminating those short-priced favourites. What do they say? Odds on, look on. So Hobart, 5.20 the first. Really looking forward to that programme. You can really tell springs in the air because it's not far away from these side of stakes races, and as soon as they uh, arrive, it's straight into the uh, feature free-for-all races. Of course, uh, the Golden Apple, the first big race, uh, Devonport Cup and Hobart Cup in January, so we've seen some of the big guns back on track shortly joining some other nice horses that have been up through the winter months that wraps up a big podcast enjoy your harness racing and i look forward to your company next week